After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. We're going to be talking about TV commercials tonight, the good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where Matthew McConaughey says weird shit like this. 1,800 pounds and do whatever the heck I want. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Uh, coming up today, I found some truly amazing you you coined a, a word a long time ago awfulsome <laughs> i think i borrowed that or stole it from um a a, a dvd commentary track on a <laughs> mr show episode seriously that's where that came from i think so <laughs> well somebody scott ackerman once coined the term <laughs> awfulsome and you use it a lot um and that is the best way i can describe these commercials today this is kind of apropos of nothing i went down a little bit of a rabbit hole and started stumbling across some really bonkers car commercials from bygone eras so i i don't know what we're calling this maybe um, the the car commercials that time should have forgotten. I, I don't know. But basically, I'm just excited to show you these things. I can't wait. Okay. So a lot of them are from the 80s, some from the 70s, 90s, What about Ticket to Deride? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> that's good. You're going to save us some time after I know, the show. Right? Uh, trying to come that's, up with a show title. That's, a, that's five minutes of staring at each other with our mouths <laughs> hanging open that we can skip today. That's right. Um, also, the ad council is kind of exciting. You had mentioned... So last Last week's show was mostly about innuendo, yes. often sexual innuendo. And there was a series of commercials, a couple of series of commercials, where people were um, saying things about a product that was not sexy at all, but they were saying in a way that it sounded like they were talking about sexual intercourse. Do you like it when I say sexual intercourse? <laughs> well, it's not my favorite. <laughs> um, and one of us said, hey, somebody should come up with a slogan for after these messages that also sounds like an innuendo. And apparently people have done this. Yes, the ad council stepped up. We've got some great uh, copy to read uh, later in the show. Okay, well, that's going to get a little bit bloop, possibly. Um, but let's kick things off now. You're the one drawing some... all the dirty pictures, Doc. <laughs> let's get into this car stuff. I should give credit. I got, I got these commercials from all across the internet, but a lot of them did come from a uh, blog on consumerguide.com. It's called The Daily Drive. And like the, a bunch of these, like four of them came from that blog. So I have to give them credit. I'm sure most people are already reading The Daily Drive at <laughs> consumerguide.com. So I don't know if I needed to give that credit, but there it is. Um so this will be a repeat for a lot of our listeners. Yes, exactly. Now, this first commercial is the one that inspired me to do this topic today. And again, this was uh, on that blog. This is a commercial for the 1982 Chevy Citation. Chevrolet. Yeah, Chevy. Chevy and Chevrolet. Same thing, right? Yes. Sorry, I'm is this really a, is tired. This a today, I was this day. I was this this old when I learned that Chevy and Chevrolet <laughs> were the same thing. I am really tired, and for a second, as I was saying Chevy, I saw it written on my script that says Chevy. Then I was looking at the YouTube video, and it says Chevrolet, <laughs> and I thought, wait a second, Chevy wasn't a subdivision of Chevrolet, no. was it? I mean, I've never thought that before in my life. It only <laughs> happened now for some reason at age forty three at five twenty six p.m. Uh, on this Tuesday. So anyway, this is for the Chevy Citation, and this is so bonkers. This is what made me want to show you this commercial and then build a show around it. They are trying to sell this car to single people, okay? So if you can picture this, this is like a car, the Citation, and it's mm -hmm. up on kind of a stage, kind of like a, a TV-style showroom, only everything's a little bit disco-y. There's some pink lights and lines that you see. You'll hear a voiceover saying, we want to show you why this car is so great. So we're turning to our spokesperson. Now, our spokesperson, who you'll be introduced to in a moment, is Mr. Single. 
Okay. And he is dressed like a... Proud denizen of Fuck Mountain. <laughs> he is half superhero. He's dressed like a, a superhero disco guy, uh-huh. basically. He's a white guy, and he is wearing a cape, but he's all, like, dazzled out. Um, I, I guess that's all I need to say right now. I feel like maybe I've given too much away. At another point in the commercial, we will see an appearance of, I, I believe, four... 80s disco style women as well. Okay, let's see if any of that makes sense as I hit play. (laughs) Why is our Citation X11 such a hero with performance-minded Americans? Let's ask single person. Citation X11, super car. The handling is impressive, yet I've got 40 cubic feet of space here for all my toys. More amazing, it carries five adults comfortably. Here come the girls. Then your Citation X11 will fit right in when you're married and have kids. I'm going to pretend you never said that. Chevy makes good things happen. Now, I thought the women had a line, um, so I'm glad I told you that they're in there. They're just like <laughs> they're just glammed eye candy, out, yeah. eye candy, and the point is the car can hold five people, so single man can right. hop in this car. Great with for his, cult leaders. Four favorite ladies, exactly. What do you think of that? Are you buying? Oh, you know what? I hate the commercial. It is very bad in all ways. I like the car. <laughs> the car appeals to me. It kind of looks like the. It kind of looks like a like a gunmetal gray. Uh, one of those like Dotsons from that era. Like it's biting a lot of that Dotson rhyme with a little hatchback, and like the sort of low uh, low profile. I mean, I that's exactly the kind of car I like. And it's kind of sporty in the front, but hatchback in the back, yeah, which is, I mean, that's really your that's dream That's what I car. like. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. Got a, it's got a little bit of like, it sort of echoes a muscle car in the front, just a, yeah. just a faint echo, but um, it's just so trashy looking, the ad. Yeah, right? Single man? Yeah, they're all, everybody's wearing, deck. everybody's completely decked out in like satin spandex, pink and red. I mean, Disco is giving it too much credit. He just looks like... Um, He's in like a really cheap porno uh, parody mm. of like a superhero movie. He mentions all of the toys that he has in the trunk, and I'm I'm trying to pause it on there. We have some tennis rackets, some uh, camping gear, a cooler, basketball. Are those skis? Maybe I don't. Yeah, I, just... I think maybe a can of like a bottle of propane. Yeah. So anyway, that it's, those are single. It's gonna man's be a wild toys. weekend. Not even. I think it's called single person, right? It's just like and what's just, it's just like. Not very good writing, right? X11, such a hero with performance-minded Americans. Let's ask single person. Single person, yeah, like which I guess this I'm, this commercial doesn't shy away from like sexist right, overtones. Exactly, just call him single man, right? Um, also, the citation is a hilarious name for a car. Like, why not call it a parking ticket? <laughs> I know, or a traffic violation, right? Good Lord, a citation is the name of a car? Are you kidding me, Chevy? There must be a reason for that. Um, all right, let's move on. 1977. Oh, this um, I found elsewhere, but only because we were talking about, I guess, young pe- trying to attract young people and single people to cars. I came across this commercial for the 1977 Toyota Corolla, and it's called Starving Interns. Now, this is interesting. <laughs> we see, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Okay, we see um, four young women or I mean four women but I guess they're supposed to be young for the sake of this commercial they're all wearing lab coats and they're leaving is some sort of a building we don't see what the building is and I know they're not exclusively white I know it's actually very interesting this is a commercial I'm trying to think is this 1977 interns weren't supposed to be like or it wasn't a, a trope that interns were all women at that time was it like it, it's interesting i almost wonder if this is like very progressive to have these four interns who are apparently in some sort of a scientific endeavor leaving and they're all young women uh yeah there's, there's a lot of uh surprising and complicated uh sort of influences here or inferences maybe i'm noticing also that it's um that it's saying that this is starring uh, Edie McClurg. Who's Edie McClurg? You would know her. She played like um, the nosy neighbor on, some, I think, on a, a, at least one sitcom. Oh, okay. Um, and she was also the, most famously, she was the secretary in yes. Ferris Bueller. Now that I'm looking her up on IMDb and seeing her in that context, yes, she is the, um, they all like them. The jocks, the dweebs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So she apparently is one of these interns. And again, um, these four women are leaving their place of business. 
Well, where can four starving interns find a car? Four starving interns can afford. You asked for it. The Toyota Corolla two-door sedan. Probably the most sensible car in the world. 49 Highway 36 City. Now they start like this car just appears in front of them and they're all like suddenly gathered around it looking through the windows. One of them crawls up onto the trunk for a second, which I, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure why. And you get Toyota durability and reliability at an incredibly low sticker price. Toyota. $2,800. I'm starving. That. You asked for it. You got it, Toyota. So then the car pulls up to like some sort of a, a Shake Shack kind of thing and it says Starving Intern. The on name the of the hamburger shack is Starving Intern. I don't I don't know, man. It's this commercial is really all over the map with its signaling. Yes. I don't hate it, to be honest. Like I prefer it to the like you know, fembots and, and yeah. single man. Right. Trying to sell single person. Single excuse me, single person. Trying to sell me a what was the last one? Uh, it was, oh, it was a, the Citation. The Chevy, yeah, the Chevy, the Chevy, Chevy Citation. The Chevy by Chevrolet. <laughs> now making the Citation. Man, um, I wish we. It would be great to live in an era when we could get a new car for twenty eight hundred dollars. Twenty eight fifty eight. I would kind of. I am intrigued. I would like to know more about these four people. Like, I would watch a sitcom about yes. them. It doesn't seem like we're almost missing the broader context. These they're, guys all live together. and they were, They're were. apparently doing some kind of science. Uh, they're interns. They are not women who are meant to be sexy or conventionally attractive. No. Not that they're super unattractive. They're not... They're not it's not a joke on their looks or anything. They just weren't cast to be sexy. They're... Uh, you know, multiracial, like, yeah. yes, I'm very interested in these women. Yes. I, the car is like, whatever, that's fine. I know. The one turns around the car, I'm starving. <laughs> She's got these big glasses on. I'm going to move on to this next one. This is uh, f- uh, for another Toyota. I can't remember which Toyota this is. It's from 1982. It's called It's a Jungle Out There. We start by seeing a... um not George of the Jungle, but like a Tarzan type of character. I uh-huh. think we learn his name later, but he's clearly supposed to be like a Tarzan ripoff. And he's saying goodbye to his... Uh, he's Torzine. He's, he's, hey, Gorgle. That's a Torzine. <laughs> uh, you see him saying goodbye to his wife or, or partner, you know. Um, I'm assuming she's a Jane character, although I think later on we like find out her name's is like the preferred term. Uh, so I see. So he says goodbye. He's got to go into work, right? And so he says goodbye to her at the front door, but the front door is I guess up in a tree somewhere on the side of a cliff I don't recall so he grabs a vine and he swings away but he doesn't just swing his way through the jungle he swings his way down to his Toyota oh you know what this is for a Tercel I remember this because this makes some claims some visual claims that as a former Tercel owner same I will say I don't think it really can live up to that kind of power but we see that he gets into this car and then he's driving through the jungle in this little Tercel Okay. You look like you have something on your mind. As someone who wrecked a Tercel once, um, I can tell you they do not corner well. Can they pull an explorer out of quicksand (laughs) if you tie a rope to its bumper and then throw it to the explorer? Maybe one explorer. Because that is what happens. Not a Ford Explorer. (laughs) No, not a Ford Explorer. Just some colonialist. Let's take a listen. time getting to work than others and oh. for those people we proudly present the toyota corolla tercel uh first of all Cor- corolla tercel i didn't realize those were the same thing at one point i always thought we had corollas and tercels yeah at, at a certain point on their evolutionary tree they uh, bifurcated that's interesting i forgot to mention that he does have a sidekick a little monkey that's wearing a uh, jeans and yeah, a cheetah and a, a red shirt that says jungle patrol <laughs> Did you see that? It does. Look. I know. <laughs> um, so okay, let's let's go back to this. Some people have a harder time getting to work than others, and for those people, we proudly present the Toyota Corolla Tercel. Roomy inside at a very affordable price. So he drives past a lion. He's like, "Whoa, boy!" Which I love. Now we see the um, colonialist uh, being sucked into some quicksand. So this he's little like yellow Tercel is going to pull him he's out. He's like a con- the guy in the quicksand is like a conventional. Pit, you know, sort of, uh, does it call it pith helmet? I think so, the, yeah. Like, the, um, you know, I, Dr. Livingston, I presume, a cur- explorer. Curious George's friend. 
Right. Uh, yeah, the man in the yellow hat. Yes. All of this hat is not yellow. Have a Toyota Tercel with front wheel drive traction to get you out of those sticky situations. Did you have a good day, Harold? Helen, it's a jungle out there. Tercel! At the end, they do like a classic end of a sitcom kind of thing where he and the monkey jump in the air and freeze frame. Well, the jump in the air, uh, wasn't that like a Toyota uh, kind of like standard? Was it? Was that a Toyota thing? It feels like I, I remember it a lot that. from that era. And I, what do they say? Toyota, what a feeling. Oh, did they say that in this one? Did you have a good day, Harold? Helen, it's a jungle out there. Oh, yep. You're yeah, right. oh, I feel like oh, 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 what a feeling! Toyota was, and then the freeze frame and jump, jump and freeze frame was, um, was a real staple. Um, I love it. It's pretty good. I feel like a, there was a maybe a, a flow commercial or a Jamie commercial on Progressive where they did a fake freeze frame, maybe, and things kept moving. Or was it, were the, maybe there were Geico commercials where that was a thing? I think that a couple of insurance giants have done have played around with that trope. Um, Geico definitely did the ones where they pretended to freeze um, as part of a, a gag, like for a shorty before YouTube videos, uh-huh, like a 10 second one. Right. And it would freeze, and then like the dog would come through or something. Yes, and then somebody was pouring coffee right. and it starts overflowing. So, okay, um, now you liked interns more than the single person superhero. Where does It's a Jungle Out There rank in these three? I mean, It's a Jungle Out There you know makes you feel like i should be i should be looking for anything here that's like that has not stood the test of t- oh, yeah, time yeah. i mean i don't think there's anything particularly no, offensive about it the mo- the main character all the characters are white um you know as was tarzan uh and tarzan if you know you you can you can unpack that whole uh legend and mythology mm-hmm. in some in some ways that are uh, unflattering to colonialists but you know like I don't th- I think like this is reasonably this is okay but it's just sort of like it just feels so hokey so like, you don't I'm not like interested it as much at all but I it. follow it more than I follow the interns one I don't know I mean the interns one I was really like trying to look for clues okay so that's still leading the pack for you interns. for me yeah okay uh this next I, one look I'll agree with you that like in the moment probably in 1980 or whenever these mm-hmm. were all coming out I'm sure like Tarzan driving through the jungle and seeing a lion and having a chimp is like more relatable or more accessible to an audience. Than four women in the workforce. Than four women doing science, <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the fact that the Tarzan character is such a wiener. I like the fact that he sees a, a lion, he's like, oh no. And he's just like, it is rough out there. Yeah, and he like comes back after like a day and it's just, he just is like a weary <laughs> yeah. wage slave coming back it. to his home. Okay, uh, let's uh, fast forward to 1986. This is for the Yugo. Now, this is oh, a very, very very simple commercial you just see a garage door open and you you, like you see a garage and the garage door slowly opens you'll you'll hear the voiceover the surprising thing is the door does not open to reveal a yugo it actually opens to reveal a volkswagen beetle i was gonna say boy i didn't realize the yugo looked so much like a no follow along here the beloved beetle once the lowest priced car in america Dependable, basic transportation, but homely. Then it went away, leaving an emptiness in the hearts of America until the beloved Yugo. Now the Yugo is backing into the garage. Basic transportation. All we've said about the Beetle is true for the Yugo, but it isn't homely. The Yugo at thirty-nine ninety. It's the road back to San. The prices are getting higher and higher. By the way, that one's almost four thousand dollars there. But the Beetle, homely. Yeah. Hey, Yugo. That word, homely. I do not think it means what you think it means. Hey, you go. When you point your finger at somebody, you get three fingers pointing back at you. Yeah. Now, it is true that I don't. I think the Beatle had a different reputation. Like, we grew up only to see it in the rearview mirror, if you will, as a complete classic sure. car. But no one looking at the Yugo, which is famously an ugly and bad <laughs> car, um, the, the probably like the only Yugoslavian auto import that we ever had. Um, I mean, it's just like it, the Yugo for my whole life has been a punchline. Yeah. Exactly. And deservedly so. And I lo- and I love like old I love Dodsons. I love these old uh cheapo Toyotas and Hondas and stuff. But 
the Yugo is just singularly ugly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to two that I think are going to be kind of it's like they just thought if they just here. like looked you right in the eye and lied to you and said like it's it's a good looking car. Yeah, you're just going to like hypnotize some people into believing it. <laughs> Hypnotoad. Um, so let's keep marching forward in time now to 1991. It's the era of minivans now, right? Uh huh. And this commercial, you see a minivan. This is for the Oldsmobile Silhouette, which I don't even remember Oldsmobile making a minivan. Let I remember this. Called the Silhouette. You remember this commercial? I remember the car. On the screen here. And this commercial uh, has this woman, she's driving this minivan through a kind of a futuristic looking uh, landscape of some sort. The woman that we see on the screen, it, it'll have a Chiron with her name. It is Julie Nimoy as she's driving this around, okay? My dad knows all about space vehicles. He directed me to the new Oldsmobile Silhouette. Its looks are stellar. And the interior is perfect for the enterprising family. The modular seats pull out easily. There's a place for everything. Compared to other forms of space travel, Silhouette is the logical choice. Right, Dad? Eminently logical. This is the new Silhouette. Travel in space and style. So as she's driving down this road, um, her father, Leonard Nimoy, of course, Mr. Spock, uh, beam. We at first see him on the shoulder of the road that he beams into her car. Yes. There are so many little things in there. So they're real. this is an era where Nimoy must be very proud that he's a director. Yes. she says, he, directs. he directed me. Yeah, she leaned on that a yes. little too hard. A little he should have hard, right? directed her to not hit that word <laughs> so much. And then uh, enter... Uh, Enterprising, so was uh, the Enterprise was the ship, right? It was the ship. The Starship Enterprise, because that also becomes a TV show later, right? I almost got confused there. Isn't there a show called Enterprise? There was. It's the probably the bastard child of all the uh, uh, Star Trek. But it is a Star Trek one. It's not the one that... W- there was a Star Trek... I asked you this probably once a year <laughs> on the show. There was a Star Trek show that was out during that second or third generation of Star Trek shows that was not a Star Trek affiliate at all, but it just seemed like a Star Trek show. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, there were... I mean, there have been a bunch of science fiction shows that yeah. take place in space. The, okay. the Star Trek shows are original series uh-huh. with Kirk and Spock sure. and all of those guys. The Next Generation, right, that's Picard. Um, then you get Deep Space Nine... Uh, which is basically sort of co coincident, coinciding mostly with um, the next generation, or, or takes place during roughly the same period. Bacula and, was Bacula in a yes, Star Trek, and that's called Enterprise. Oh, okay. Star Trek the, Enterprise. The, I swear, it was around the time of Deep Space Nine. There was another sci-fi show that was so clearly biting the rhyme of Star Trek, but it wasn't Star Trek. Yeah, there have been a few over the mm. years. But anyway. I wish we had some friend who was good on podcasts who would explain Star <laughs> Trek to me, like a friend of the show. Well, what made on. me laugh so much about this com- particular commercial is that on the podcast uh, that I listened to about Star Trek, they often refer to the the little shuttles mm-hmm. that they shuttle around. Like, they, you know, they're the great big ships like... The Enterprise and like space stations and stuff. But to get from A to B, if you just need to move like three or four people, you're not going to like deploy, a, you know, a, a Enterprise class starship or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you just need like a little runabout, right? They're yeah, called runabouts. Like and, and they They're do, cute. they do kind of, they call them previas, not on the show, but not on, not on the actual show, but like as a joke, because they do kind of look like minivans. Oh, on the podcast. Yeah. Now the and also we now have a Christmas ornament of one of those. Didn't you buy it because of the live show we did? Yes. It uh, it it, it, uh, it it plugs into the lights and it does little sounds. Can I ask you a serious question for a second? Yeah. After everything that Ben has done to promote our tiny little podcast on the Greatest Generation, why were you just referring to that as? the Star Trek podcast I listen to. Are you not willing to just like promote <laughs> the greatest generation a tiny bit with no. a, with the small little <laughs> voice that we have? Are you actively avoiding promoting no, our friend's podcast? No, of course not. Podcast? I love it. It's called The Greatest Generation. It's a great show. Um, okay. Uh, I, just, I feel like I've talked about it at, like before on this show and it's just, 
it seemed like fawning or weird to, uh, it's not fawning or weird to go into it more it's a great show and actually in all seriousness we should have uh, Ben back on soon it's been a while he's yeah. been on the show quite a few times we did uh, one with him way back in the day in like 2015 about uh, mixology and alcohol commercials I think um, he recorded that's right. He found some tape of a bunch of uh, a VHS of 90s commercials and yeah. just digitized them and broke them down with us. Anyway, long overdue. We'll have him back on. Um, okay, so. I'm surprised we didn't find this because didn't we do a whole show about Star Trek commercials? I don't think so, but we should with him. I think we did, though. We did? I, I mean, we definitely. with. We wouldn't have done it without him, though. I don't know. Really? Because I, mean, I, I know we, I that guess it was, there's a, there would be an easy way to find this out. This is all stored on the internet. I know it was the Comic Con live show that we did with our friends with Northwest Nerd, where we were talking about the star. We talked about two or three Star Trek commercials in that. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. And that's of. what led you to the Star yes, Trek okay. Christmas tree ornament. That's why I was misremembering. I wouldn't mind though doing more of a roundup and maybe getting him, maybe Adam on the show too. Anyway, we'll have a production meeting later. Let's move on with this show. <laughs> um, so that commercial was from 1991, right? The Julie Nimoy commercial. Right. Um, weirdly, three years later, Susan Lucci, who has nothing to do with Star Trek, I think. Well, she's famous as a soap opera actress. Right. That's not to say that she couldn't have been some recurring character that I'm just not aware of in a, in the Star Trek universe. I did a very, very brief cursory uh, search and I didn't find any connection between her and Star Trek. I could be wrong, but here we are, three years later. It's 1994. I'm a junior in high school, hiding bad report cards from my parents, probably. And Susan Lucci is advertising the Ford Windstar, also with a Star Trekky theme that is just hinted at. Introducing. The Ford Windstar, the minivan of the future, is here today. Now, I'd like to say that the the minivan um, beams onto the set, which is a simple Star Trekky kind of futuristic. I mean, Star Trekky only in its most simple vibe. It's not like on a spaceship or something. She comes out in front of the van and is definitely wearing some sort of Star Trek influenced outfit, right? Like you would know that better than me. Kind of a, a, a bluish jacket that has a kind of lapel that's kind of cut across at like an a angle cut. Yeah, yeah exactly with dual airbags front end crush zone side impact door beams and four-wheel anti-lock brakes plus the windstar has the most spacious interior of any minivan the smoothest most car-like ride and front wheel drive with windstar other minivans are ancient history see the new windstar at your ford dealer okay boys beam me up and see for yourself I've yeah you know to do that it's like they wanted to get Marina Sirtis, who played um, uh, Counselor Troy. Uh-huh. And then they just couldn't get her. So they were like, well, Susan Lucci's available, which is weird because Susan Lucci's, I think, probably inarguably a bigger star than Marina Sirtis. And also, there's no specific Star Trek. Like, this isn't like... And also, check out the new Star Trek movie at AMC Theaters. Like, they never mention Star Trek. They say, beam me up, which apparently isn't... Um, copyrighted, but aside from that, like, there's no reason why this is a, a weird Star Trek ripoff. It seems like a lawsuit in the making to me. Right, it is. It just, it it has no actual tie-in. It's just sort of like, that's the flavor they were going for. Yeah. That's really strange. And she actually says, beam me up, which I actually think that that seems, but I bet you that was run through a whole team of lawyers, though, to find out if they're allowed to say that. What, what could she have said? Okay, particle me up. I don't even know. <laughs> Um, all right. Now, again, uh, staying in the 90s, this is 1992. This is a commercial for a Subaru, and it's starring actor Jeremy Davies, who I wouldn't recognize by sight, but he was in Saving Private Ryan. And according to the internet, he's going to be, he, or he was in the show Justified. I, I said he's going to be in Justified <laughs> only because you're watching Justified right. now. But for you're me, only, he's going to be in Justified. only a couple of episodes in. So I he's don't, been in a ton of things. He was in Lost. Okay. Um, Who was he in Lost? I might know that. Um, he was like... Uh, I think he showed up later oh, and he was like I a scientist. Okay, never mind then. He wasn't like one of the original 10 or whatever. Well, watching this one, and unfortunately the audio quality isn't great on this one, um, but this, I think I remember this from my youth. You have 
a young Jeremy Davies. He's not cast because he's a star at this point. He's just doing early acting right. work. And it's very 90s. He's dressed kind of uh, kind of grungy. And we just see a Subaru in a parking lot. And he's walking around the parking lot and talking about why this car is like punk rock music. <laughs> I'm talking about my new Subaru Impreza and explain its relevance to you and me and the car business. Okay? Okay. This car is like punk rock. Now, just trust me, this is relevant. Do you remember when rock and roll was really boring and corporate? Well, punk challenged all this and said, hey, excuse me, but here's what's cool about music, remember? Now, Subaru, with this Impreza, is challenging some car thinking here. This car is all about reminding you and me what's great about a car and moving forward and making cars better and less disappointing. Just like punk, except it's cars. Oh, I just thought of another analogy. <laughs> so apparently, I don't know if this is a series where he keeps on ending it by saying, I thought of another analogy or what. And or if that was a one-off. I can't explain how 90s his motion is. It's it's very simple. It's just him kind of talking to the camera, but also intercut with a bunch of shots of him just kind of admiring the car, but like in this very kind of like, he's like... It's he's hyperkinetic. Very, very frenetic and hyperkinetic, yeah. Yeah, I also wonder like, was Corey Feldman like already too fucked up at this point? Because <laughs> right, it's right. like he's doing a Corey Feldman impression. That's what I'm seeing there. You're right. Of course, maybe Corey Feldman isn't doing Subaru commercials. You know, I mean, right. Corey Feldman is maybe beyond that at that point. Yeah, either he's career. too famous or he's like too far gone or at that point. <laughs> it's a fine line. Um, but I kind of remember that. I just vaguely, the edges of my brain are yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember it too. And it's funny, like Jeremy Davies, who always looks young, he's just a young looking actor. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's looked, I think he's looked younger than his age. Um, in a lot of roles he's and he's wearing these you know that 90s oversized clothes look mm -hmm. um, so he's sort of just swimming in these like in this his clothes he looks like such a little kid now this will be the final commercial in this uh, segment that I play for you and it's the most modern it's from 2002 which still feels like yesterday to me yes. by the way but it was like I'm going to say about 18 years ago. <laughs> um, and it is for Ford trucks. I think just generally speaking, Ford trucks, this one is for. And it's starring Toby Keith, the country music star. This is a minute long. It begins with Toby Keith talking directly to the camera. And then it breaks into a song that Toby Keith wrote about Ford trucks. Let's start it here. Do you believe in doing more than what's expected? And you look at problems as opportunities and you are driven to be the best, you're a Ford kind of guy. Now I wanna pause it there because that is, a, I watched that several times. Whoever was writing this commercial I think just got out of a job interview. Those are three <laughs> things that you say in a job a perfectionism interview. Perfectionism is your worst quality. Well, sir, I believe in doing more than what's expected. Um, I look at problems as opportunities. And I would say my biggest weakness is I'm a perfectionist. If you're a self-starter. <laughs> like, if you're a strategic thinker. This is, yeah. It's, it's if you're like, an experienced manager with lots of lots of time spent solving HR crises, wait, wait, what are we selling again? But it's done in this in this tough ass way. Do you believe in doing more than what's expected? And you look at problems as opportunities, and you are driven to be the best. You're a Ford kind of guy. I got to get up early. I got to be on time. This is just like a job interview. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? And now he's playing this acoustic guitar that says Ford in the famous Ford font on it. And now it's just like a music video for the next 45 seconds. you got to listen to this song, though. He wrote it specifically for these commercials. Got to go get mine. I am that kind of guy. I want a piece of that. showing close-ups of him playing his acoustic guitar while this clearly electric guitar is wailing out a solo. So when it's quitting time and you've had enough I'm still good to go, baby Cause I'm built for tough <laughs> All country so music to me sounds like because you don't mess around with God's America. <laughs> exactly. Can we get through one show no. without quoting Mr. Show? Now, I don't I will. I don't want to. 
And I won't. This was part of a whole campaign, and I found an article, I think, in Ad Week about it. So that's how I dated it to 2002. But as I was clicking around, I found somebody named George, I'm going to say Polaris, if I'm saying his name, or Polarius, I believe is his name. And he's a. Looks like Pilioris. Pilioris. And he was a creative, and I don't know what company he worked for when this came out, but he's taking credit for conceiving and directing of this campaign. And he. Credit or blame? He is quoted in the Adweek uh, commercial, or the Adweek article that I saw. Um, but I also stumbled on his own website. My guess is he worked for some sort of a. Uh, agency and then i don't know maybe aged out of it or for whatever reason maybe his maybe he had so much taste of the of the good life and the success uh, went to his head and he struck it and he hung out his own shingle. Based on this website, I'm going to say that it wasn't a step up, whatever he did, because <laughs> he's clearly managing it himself. And I saw uh, he's got, you know, this this is clearly his crown jewel of his career. So he has a page dedicated to this. And it says, these campaigns were instrumental in keeping Ford trucks number one in sales in the United States and played a key role in Toby Keith's rise to the top of the chart. I don't know a lot about country music, so I looked it up. Toby Keith's first record came out in 1993. That record and the three subsequent records, his first four records, all in the 90s, went gold and had, I believe, a string of 10 number one hits before the year 2000. George Pilioris, how are you saying it? <laughs> Pilioris. Pil is that what you said? Pilioris yeah. is taking credit for sending Toby Keith to the top of the charts with this campaign. Um, reading it more from his website. It says the campaigns were featured in national news media and resulted in increased awareness and sales for Toby Keith and Ford trucks. The website Genevieve then goes on to say, click here to add your own text. Click here to add your own text. <laughs> Click here to add your own text, and then there's a link to the YouTube video. So somebody did not uh, properly <laughs> review their the template that they were the, the WordPress template they were working in. I, someone should send this. Someone should dime this guy out to Toby Keith, who I'm sure does not appreciate him taking credit for his rise on the, to the top of the charts. Toby Keith's gonna fuck him up with some of those like um, <laughs> construction tools he was pretending to use in that ad. Watch so, out, George. Oh, my Toby's God. Toby's coming for you. So good. Let's check in with the ad council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Okay, Vive. So this is very fortuitous. I know in a little bit we're going to look at some of those sexy after these messages promo lines that people sent in. But before we do that, we also got a piece of uh, a piece of email. And I like to refer to it. Me and George Pilioris like refer to it as pieces of email. <laughs> this came from Jason. Uh, this is an innovative PSA, he says, from New Zealand. Not sure where this would fit into the show, but I love the consent talk. Now, this is a one-minute um, commercial or PSA from New Zealand, and it begins with two very like conventionally attractive naked people walking up to a house, like the front door of a very kind of standard middle-class looking house, and they ring the doorbell. And again, it's like kind of craftily edited so that the fence post uh, covers their butts from behind, and uh, you never see anything because obviously this airs on television, but they are clearly naked. Lady oh, yeah? answers the door. I'm Sue. This is Derek. We're here because your son just looked us up online, you know, to watch us. Matt! <laughs> Matt, darling, there's some people here to see you. So he watches you online? Yeah, you know, on his laptop. iPad, PlayStation. Mm, his phone, your phone. Smart TV projector. Yeah, anyway, we usually perform for adults, but your son's just a kid. He might not know how relationships actually work. We don't even talk about consent, do we? Now we just get straight to it. Yeah, and I'd never act like that in real life. Nah. <laughs> hey, Maddie. So now <laughs> Maddie has shown up. He's behind his mom in the uh, foyer area. He's holding a laptop and I believe a cup of tea. He looks absolutely mortified seeing his two uh, porn heroes at the front door. I believe he's going to drop his teacup here. You're right. Okay, Sandra, stay calm. Now that's the mom. This is her inner monologue. 
You know what to do here. All right, Maddie. It sounds like it's time to have a talk about the difference between what you see online and real-life relationships. No judgment. Many young Kiwis are using porn to learn about sex. Keep it real online. Get help and advice at keepitrealonline.govt.nz. I love the Kiwis. Right? Like, very when it, straight. When like, it comes to sex and consent, <laughs> they are doing it right. It's like, it's a good message. I mean, in a certain, like, I didn't know that even, even with the email kind of explaining where it was going to go from Jason, like, I kind of didn't quite get it, but then it all comes together. Yeah. And it is, it's about consent. It's not anti-porn. It's what, no, it's not anti-porn. It's just interesting, like, what their take on it. It's so progressive. I also, this is a small and sort of um, hard to define detail, but the couple, particularly the man in it, mm-hmm. They are conventionally attractive, but they are like porn attractive. Right. You know what yes, I, mean. I didn't know They're how to explain it. They're not movie star attractive, right. which is different. He's like the the guy is very beefy, he is right? Jacked. He's very jacked. Um, like very little neck. But then you love how sweet he is, right? Yeah. No, they're super. He's like, sweet. I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, it's very. I love it. I mean, they are so creative. We've seen so much good. Uh, especially, I think, in the PSA game come out of Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so do you want to read some of these these uh, promo lines? It seems like a perfect segue, right? While we're talking yeah. about while we're talking about um, you know pornography and porn stars. So I could actually even play this music for you if you'd like. Yeah. So just to to kind of uh, recap here, what this is, we we talked last week about the it. Uh, being an elliptical and innuendo filled thing uh, way to advertise and he said what if you know ATM had if what if our show had uh, had ads like that it being yeah should I play one of those that we talked about last week yeah to, maybe maybe, maybe just so that people can what what was a what was a the stage. what was a good one was it cascade that did a good one um, or I think it was rug doctor this is like a steam cleaner <laughs> rug doctor this is a bunch of people this is an actual steam cleaner for your carpets you dirty birds and a bunch of people are talking about it and you don't realize what they're talking about at first I like to do it right before his mother comes over she does my parents do it like once every year and they send me outside we just did it it was really dirty. Do it with a rug, doctor, and you won't believe how good it feels. Your carpet may look clean, but deep down, it's hiding contaminants. In- so you kind of get it here. I'll play the Cascade one, too, because why not? We have time. Very, very similar concept, if I'm remembering this right. We do it every night. Every night. I live alone, but I still do it every night. Right after dinner. Definitely after meatloaf. Like clockwork. Do it. Run your dishwasher. Oh, they weren't talking about sex. They were talking about running the dishwasher. Cascade. Too horny. The horniest dish detergent. Okay, so that was the inspiration for this. And I believe you said people should come up with a slogan for us that uses that same Not sort a slogan, of but like a like a, a pitch script. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so thank you to those who uh, who wrote some. Uh, I'll, you want to give me a little, give me, set the mood. Okay, give me some music this here. This is going again. This is from listener Michael. I'm a little shy. I tend to do it alone, and I would love to do it with a friend. But I'm always satisfied, so I don't want to stop. Every week, it was the same routine. My life was so boring until my wife looked at me one night and said, I have something special for you. We did it right there. And now, every week, it's always new and different. So it, in this case, is listening to, to the after podcast, these yes. messages. Okay. Yes. And those are, are those two different ones? I'm no, shy. I tend to do it alone. That's all Michael. Okay. Uh, but here's here's another one. Uh, okay. This is from listener Ivan. Okay. Here, let's do Seems like everyone else is doing it. Famous people talk about doing it all the time. People are being paid to do it. I've thought about doing it. For now, though... I'm okay just listening to Andrew and Genevieve do it. Ew. Hi, <laughs> Ben. Making me feel weird. See, that's good. I like that because it's talking about podcasting right. in general. That's pretty well, good. Well, I think, you know, okay. you, can, you can go at it either way. Yeah, well. There you go. <laughs> um, this is sort of an honorable mention. Uh, this is from listener DDH um, who said that uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, I said in some context... And I recall saying this, but I have no idea what it was about. That um, 
they were probably driven away by my spicy seed. Do you mean this? I drove them over there with my spicy seed. <laughs> what was I, I talking? I probably drove them over there with my spicy seed. Um, <laughs> I think I that was about? off air, maybe. And oh yeah, <laughs> just a little tag ta- on. I think you were talking about the the um, the birds oh, that you yes, feed. Oh yes, that's right. I feed the birds, and I um, I put uh, Tabasco in it so that the rodents won't get into it. I probably drove them over there with my spicy seed. I do it with Tabasco so the rodents don't get into it. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. I really enjoyed reading reading those and um, and doing a rendition of them. Are you saying that you enjoyed doing it? <laughs> I enjoyed doing it. By the way, that music, we should give credit um, so we don't get sued. That yeah, was right. uh, the song Balls in the Hole from the movie, <laughs> and I'm not making this up, Corner Pocket. <laughs> I was. Uh, by the way, you do not want to go through my search terms no, right sure. now, honestly, because I did have to uh, go searching for some interesting porn music today. <laughs> council, it's jingle time. Hey, we got a jingle. Hey, we got a jingle. That's right. I didn't tell you about this. This uh, comes from listener Dan, and I'll let him set it up himself. Hey, Genevieve and Andrew. How are you guys? Um, this is Dan calling from Miami. I have a like a TV commercial memory that popped into my head recently, which I don't even. I haven't even like watched it on YouTube or anything. It's for a game. It was like a board game, I think, called shark attack and i think that the tagline sort of like jingle goes something like this shark attack shark attack they're coming they're coming they're coming they're coming to get you (laughs) okay well fingers crossed Thanks, guys. Love the show. I don't know. Fingers crossed. What what is that? (laughs) I have never heard of that, but that is amazing. I was able to find uh, the commercial. There's a 15 second version that gets right to what Dan was talking about. This is a longer version, but I I think the whole song is worth hearing. Take a listen to this. Shark attack! This shark is like a maniac! It's shark attack! Just roll the dice, and when your color comes up, move your fish fast! The fish that survives will be the winner! So don't be last, or you'll be the dinner! Shark! Shark! Shark attack! What are you gonna do? It's coming! It's coming! It's coming! It's coming to get you! Sink your teeth into shark attack! Game commercials used to be so exciting. Oh, what a waste game commercials are now. <laughs> Is that true? We just don't see game commercials because we're not watching There's nothing television. out there as good as Shark Attack. So I don't know if this era is still going on, and I just don't know about it because I'm not a kid, but... We lived through an era where board games went from being just flat, um, I would say non-dynamic, <laughs> or st- let's say static types of things where you move things around a board to these dynamic mechanical games and this one's the game board is circular like a like a record basically um younger listeners ask your parents what a record is i guess i don't know picture a flat circle (laughs) like time (laughs) picture time just you got time in your head okay picture that (laughs) um and you're rolling these dice and you're you're having to move your fish around the circle and there's this big mechanical like it's big (laughs) mechanical shark chomping its way at you right and if it if it gets close enough to your fish it'll swallow it'll like encompass the fish it'll get the fish it's it's a little reminiscent of like a a mechanical hungry hungry hippo yeah it feels like there was some hungry hungry hippo inspired uh uh, action there but but the shark is moving on its own you're not having to like physically propel it it's just a battery operated thing, yeah right? i shouldn't do this now but like if i just go to iSpot tv which has like you know the latest commercial stuff that's been airing kind of recently and i just type in board games what is it like let's see what a board game commercial is like today um the logo board game uh name the brand is this a real thing let's see here this is Logo, the family board game about the brands that both you and your kids love. Iconic brands like and why can't we mention brands like and oh, legally, we're not allowed to. 
Nice save, honey. But with 1,600 questions, you'll find all your favorite brands inside the Logo board game. When your family plays Logo, you'll be surprised just how many answers come out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that a boy. Play the Logo board game from Spin Master. Oh, another round board game. What a coincidence that I'd end up on another one that is shaped like a platter. Yeah. I actually don't mind that ad. That was pretty good, but it's not, not what I was looking for because I was hoping for something that involves kids a little bit more. But I guess it is kind of the same thing. It's like the shark one was for, you know, the the parents and the kids to play together. So, um, but I will say that other the the shark attack game also it was a combination of of shots of people playing the game and also like a straight up cartoon of just like the shark attacking a boat. It had a whole nother plot line going on. Yeah, yeah that 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 idea of like real life intersecting or being in parallel with a cartoon story was yeah. very big in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I feel like we've really moved away from that. I assume, again, though, I do wonder if how much of that is us not paying attention to That's kids That's true. Programming. I don't even know where you would see. I mean, there's, I don't know what kids watch now where you would see a board game commercial. That's a good point. Um, so do it's, kids like board games? I don't know. Maybe they just play on their boop boops all the time. I think that's probably accurate. Kids do it by playing on their boop boops. <laughs> you can't sell anything. I got you. I always try to get you on a laugh before I hit the music. <laughs> well, thank you for that show. That was yeah. really fun. Those are some bonkers car commercials. I know. And what you said, what are we going to call it? These commercials are driving us crazy. I said That's tic- not what you said. I said ticket to deride, but on, on second oh, yeah. thought, ticket to ride isn't about car travel. Yeah, it's about train travel. Or bus. Or bus. Trans... What if that song was transferred to get on another bus? Or helium balloon. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll come up with something. Um, meantime, please get at us. Sing your jingle to us. By the way, you might have noticed that Dan recorded his on his phone and just emailed it in. You can do that, too. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, excellent technical work, Dan. Yeah. After these messages show at gmail.com is how you can send us emails. Um, also, if you just want to call our voicemail line and sing us a ditty or ask us a question or, or point something out 607-444-5597 that spells 607-444-5597 and Vives, what's good over on the facebook group oh everything's good and welcome to our newest member i just approved you today and um, email us at after these messages show at gmail sounds good everybody we'll talk to you next tuesday caravan of manchester from pakistan karachi posse zaki's poppy uh, red octagons couldn't stop me I burn headband, my eyes all droopy I've gooey foodie, zoobies in my poopy